We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Tuesday, August 11th edition of the Rowire NFL Podcast, sponsored by Dynasty Owner. I'm Joe Bartle, and joining alongside me, as always, is Jake Letarski. Welcome back. We're talking uh, fantasy football on a Tuesday, like we'll be doing every Tuesday throughout the NFL season. Rowire has podcasts going on every day throughout the week. Uh, listen, Jeff kind of discussed some of the bigger names and movers from this past weekend. Elvin Kamara, Evan Ingram, Gronk, Sonny Michel. Michel just had more news regarding his injury stats, and the Patriots mm-hmm. did sign Lamar Miller. To me, Jake, and maybe you can go in a different direction with this, mm-hmm. I want nothing to do with any of the Patriots running backs, so I'm just completely indifferent and ignoring anything. I, I was maybe a little bit in on uh, Damian Harris, and I'm, I'm kind of just moving off that, that bandwagon altogether. So that, that's just my general thoughts about Lamar Miller and the Patriots. Yeah, I'm not particularly bullish on any of those guys. I mean, Cam Newton, I think, does help running backs a little bit. But the amount that Brady threw to running backs, I don't know if that's necessarily an upgrade of what we can expect in the past. I think the biggest news that they discussed was kind of, uh, you know, 
it's one of those times of the year where we're supposed to be in week one of the preseason. There's not a ton of news coming out of camp. Our note counts are down across the board. But we saw a tidbit on Kamara who played that through last year with the torn MCL apparently. So that has people wondering, you know, like he rehabbed all off season. How effective is that going to be? Is he still the number four draft pick? You know, we can kind of talk about that when we get to the topic of our show, which is the best strategies from each draft pick and what draft pick do you ultimately want in a snake draft? Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. This podcast focal point um, for today's show really came from our ask an expert feature. So there again, if you guys want a podcast opportunity out there or to hear uh, splabber on about something, just message me and ask an expert mm-hmm. uh, and ask me annoying questions. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's actually a popular question though, because uh, I'm not surprised to see you get this come up in our ask an expert feature. For those that are unfamiliar, I mean, if you're a subscriber to Rotowire, you have part of the premium services. You can send us any fantasy football uh Question any that fantasy you want. sports. Any fantasy, yeah, any fantasy sports. So, you know, if you got a DFS golf question, we'll help you out. But Joe uh, runs the ship there, does an awesome job, and gives you that one-on-one advice with Rotowire. But beyond asking expert feature, I mean, uh, shout out to my guys in uh, in Boise that I go on during the season, KTIK. And one of the questions they asked me at the beginning of the year, every fantasy is, what fantasy football draft spot do you want in a snake draft? Because sometimes people do different contests for it. There's a bunch of different ways that you can get selected. Sometimes it's based on last season's results to kind of as an anti-tanking measure. Sometimes it's a draw of a hat. Um, But sometimes you may have the opportunity to pick or trade in and out of certain spots. So we're going to hopefully help uh, those people today. And alongside that, give a little bit of draft advice as as far as, you know, your core foundation, your top three to five players, what you're looking at from each of those spots. Yeah. I mean, we've kind of focused at least our every Tuesday podcast so far on trying to help the listener, whether it be for different strategies out there, for dynasty leagues, giving information, planning your leagues accordingly with COVID. That was last week's show. So I thought trying to figure out what's going to be the best spot or what works best for you is a pretty good alternative or a good option to go with when we're, again, focusing on Mm -hmm. trying to help the listener. Yeah. And I definitely... I've done so many mocks today. I've looked, I've researched this as much as I could. I absolutely have a definitive, a definitive conclusion here on what the best draft spot is, but I'm going to tease that. I'm going to save that for the end and I'll give you, I'll give you my spiel there. So hopefully you make it all the way through. I'll double on your tease. And I say, I want you, the listener to also decide what's the best spot. We're going to have our lineups at the end of the podcast put out there. I'm going to have a, a, a poll that I would like us to participate on if we can uh, as to which one of these spots ranges works out the best mm-hmm. too. And I'm kind of curious to see what the consensus is going to yeah. be out there. I so. think my answer is going to be a little controversial. So we'll, so we'll see. Uh, I like it. I like it. All right. But before we really get into that, I want to get a word from our sponsors, Dynasty Owner. I've been looking for a new challenge, which is why I'm playing Dynasty Owner this year with the fantasy football. Dynasty Owner fantasy football unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office. That's my favorite part. Dynasty Owner is the only way to play fantasy football all the real NFL salaries, adding the strategy of running an NFL franchise. Dynasty Owner provides a unique challenge for diehard fantasy football fanatics out there. We've all been in leagues where the winner just gets lucky. If you're like me and know you're better than most, Dynasty Owner gives you the platform to prove it. Dynasty Owner favors skilled players who can manage their roster using real NFL salaries within the salary cap. It adds an entirely new level of strategy. Go to DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire. Validate your fantasy football skills. That's DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire. Dynasty Owner. Start your dynasty today. Okay, so the opt-out has passed. We we know, for the most part, who are all the players that are going to be playing this season. Of course, we talked about last week. There might be some finagling and some exceptions that happen throughout the year. But generally speaking, we know who's all going to be there. This mm-hmm. year is going to be a lot different because there's going to be less information. You just mentioned that earlier. We know that's going to be the case. So there's a lot of different things that you have to plan for for your draft. 
there are certain drafts out there, and of course your standard snake draft doesn't count, but for the most part, I think there's a lot of different fluidity that happens in fantasy football. And one of the things I've seen crop up a lot more lately, and I would definitely recommend, especially this season, incorporating into your friends and family league, is being able to pick your draft spot. And you mentioned earlier, you can go off of mm-hmm. uh, your win-loss record from last year or just a random uh, roll of the dice to see where you land, like I'll be doing in one of the expert drafts that I have coming up next week. That kind of stuff adds a bit more strategy, and that's what I'm looking for when it comes yeah. to fantasy football. There, there are situations when you get to pick your draft spot, and like I said, there are situations, and you can trade that draft spot around. You know, some leagues might do the you know the bottom four, get the top four picks, or something like that. And then there's a lottery, or say you win the lottery, you get to pick what spot you want to draft out of. So there's a lot of situations people want to know this. So we've been there before, and uh, hopefully we can get some some helpful strategy, regardless of what spot you end up at. And the other thing I want to preach is. I thought that the best way to prep for this show for for a second was going to be to jump in a mock draft room and do a bunch of mock drafts. And let me tell you that you will not get anything realistic <laughs> from doing mock drafts. Most people are just picking their first couple picks and simulating the rest, so it's very heavy on your league's draft board. And when I was looking at ADP for this, uh, we use NFFC 12-team PPR. Again, higher stakes, good to go. I, you know, I, I adjusted my dates around to get it from August 1st. You can do that on their website here. And um, and those lists are quite different than what you're going to see in draft rooms. And not that ADP is the end-all, be-all. You're going to have different strategy. You're going to have to uh, eventually fill some roster spots on your draft here. But uh, just going by what's in that draft room is tough. And uh, I guess the point I'm trying to make is uh, we both agree that I think once you know your draft spot – Best ball is the best way to practice it, right? Because you can do, there's all sorts of new sites popping up that host best ball formats this year. You can do it for as little as five, 10 bucks. It's a very cheap way to draft prep. And you know, because everybody has something at stake that they're drafting to the best of their abilities. They're not going to draft their first four picks in the league. They're not going to slip and let it go on auto draft. So you have the most realistic draft you're going to get uh, way better than any kind of mock draft. I think mock drafts at this point are just relics of the fantasy sports era. Mm-hmm. And best balls are are what you're looking for mm-hmm. when it comes to actually doing a mock draft. You know, I, yeah. I, I, you just, you talked about it and I, I would understand. I think a lot of people just think, all right, I'm, I just want to get practice. I want to get some reps in. But if the reps don't help, like if mm-hmm. they aren't real life, if you're taking a swing at a pineapple instead of a baseball, yeah. it's different, right? It's mm-hmm. different practice that's not going to help. The you. only use of mocks right now is like a little bit after the NFL draft, you know, go in there and do 510 to get to know the player pool, but don't expect to be taking any, you know, actionable advice from there. I did some I did a crazy mock draft where I ended up with uh geez, uh, Joe Mixon, James Conner, Edwards Hilaire, Metcalf, Ridley, Andrews, like all in the same 12 team league. Like that's never going to happen in real life, so you need to keep that in mind all right so with all that out of the way again we're trying to find our favorite spot or at least try to answer the question but i have to make sure the listeners understand it's impossible to say which is the right spot maybe jake's going to try to counter that from me later on in the show but me personally i don't think it's actually possible to say number four that's the best spot out there it's Mm -hmm. it's not there it all depends on a what your league does throughout the draft you have to be willing to be flexible and fluid with how the other picks are going and be your strategy entering the league you can't just go ahead and say hey i'm going to go ahead and get x y and z player at the fourth spot it's gonna be perfect Mm -hmm. It doesn't work like that as much as I'd love that to happen. It's not the case. Mm-hmm. So all and of this to say, it's it's difficult to just say one or the other is going to work as the, the pick. Even let's string you along a little bit and say, hey, there is a best draft spot. It's also important to know that that changes from year to year, and it's largely dependent on where that kind of tier drop-off is. So that's something to True, know. true. So from my at least uh, 
initial dive into the analysis, I kind of separated into three different tiers of picks. Mm-hmm. I thought that made the most sense for putting together a realistic roster based off of the IDPs. So picks one through four were all kind of clumped together. Picks five through eight were then clumped together, and then nine through 12. So three different spots, all with four different pick ranges. And then I was basically going off of the ADP for each one of them. And and you mentioned this a little bit before we popped onto the podcast. I think it's still good practice, but my lineup was put together based off of ADP that we have on the RotoWire site from a 12-team NFFC PPR. Mm-hmm. I did not change the date, so I didn't incorporate August 1st or whatever it else. I did remove guys like Damian Williams, who opted out, Darius Geis, who obviously for legal matters probably is not playing this season. I adjusted for the rise of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, mm-hmm. and just kind of bumped him up personally. But for the most part, what you're going to hear on this podcast is exactly what you're seeing in the 12-team NFFC ADP thrown out. Like that's that's how these lineups are going to go ahead and go out from that one to four range, five to eight range, nine to twelve range. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Edward Solaire is just the interesting case that breaks a lot of the ADP data that you're going to see this year. He's coming in with data from August 1st at pick number seven overall. He's gone as high as number three overall in some of these leagues. So it'll be an interesting topic to talk about when we get to what tier of, of the first round he belongs in. Yeah. All right. So one other thing before we actually talk about the rosters themselves. The way I put together the optimal lineups, and again, you'll see these out when I when I tweet them out. I want you guys to go ahead and vote on it as to which you think is the optimal lineup from these specific uh, ranges. I was trying to fill up my starting roster from running back, running back, receiver, quarterback. Like it, it was, you know, obviously you want to try to get more depth. You want to select three or four running backs and two or three receivers before you ever focus on the quarterback. I just went specifically in trying to fill out the eight starting spots. So I have quarterback, two running backs two receivers, one tight end, one flex. That's my starting lineup in this 12-team PPR league, yeah. and I wanted to make sure I got a quarterback in there and a running back and select them all within yeah. those picks. I got you. And realistically, like you hit that right on the head, Joe, in terms of real draft strategy, you're probably going to take your second or third flex player before you mess around with the quarterback unless some kind of tremendous value slips to me. When I was doing mocks occasionally, I'd end up with Deshaun Watson or that one right. of those types of players in the sixth round, and I would be okay with that. Uh, but for the most part, I'm waiting till rounds probably eight or pass to take a quarterback taking a chance on one of these guys that's only marginally worse than tier two i kind of put mahomes and jackson in tier one but uh you know beyond those guys the 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 difference between tier two and like tier five six and seven to quarterbacks is is marginal at best so that's again general dress draft strategy summary and why you're gonna want to wait on quarterbacks but uh again we just kind of put them in here for the purposes of this it was easy it was easier that way to compare across the three different ranges. That's the only way if we're trying to do a scientific study and by no means am I a scientist or smart enough to put together an actual study like this. My idea was let's have all the variables the same, which meant that I'm drafting all the same picks at the same spot, or I'm trying to fill out the the starting roster at the same eight picks or so. So there you go. That's kind of the gist of it. Again, one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, one tight end, one flex. I want to figure out, Jake, with you, which is the best range of picks or even the favorite spot to pick at entering this year. But before we do that, I want to get a word from our sponsors, FanDraft. Take your league's fantasy football draft to the next level with FanDraft, the online fantasy football draft board. FanDraft makes your draft feel like an actual NFL draft with features such as a streaming ticker, a live draft clock, custom logos, team walk-up songs, I know it's your favorite, Jake, multiple draft board displays, and more. FanDraft can be used offline for in-person drafts, which is exactly what I'm going to be doing for my my friends in fantasy home league draft or exporting the display via projector onto a large screen TV if you do want to have the draft with 
other company. It can be used fully online, and any number of your league teams can join as well to draft remotely. And you can perform traditional auction-style drafts, keepers, rookies, IDPs, just about any customization to meet your league requirements. FanDraft's going to have it. You can sign up for a free trial account at FanDraft.com. And when you're ready to, when you're ready to order the pro account, make sure to order or you should use the pro code ROTOPOD15 to save 15% off your purchase. Again, that's FanDraft.com and use promo code ROTOPOD15 to save 15%. All right, so I talked about it a little bit earlier. We're taking out the Damian Williams, Darius Geis out of the conversation. I bumped up Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in this as well. But the optimal lineup's really just based off of trying to fill out the starting the starting eight. That That's mm-hmm. it. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and read off what I found was the optimal – ADP, in my mind, from quarterback, running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end, flex at that one to four spot. And Jake, I'll let you kind of hop in and we can kind of go back and mm-hmm. forth with what we've seen for that. So of this group, I have quarterback Matt Ryan, running back Christian McCaffrey, running back Leonard Fournette, starting wide receiver Cortland Sutton, wide receiver Robert Woods, tight end George Kittle, and my flex is going to be Marquise Brown out of this group. Mm-hmm. And and the thing that I'm noticing here right away is you were waiting till picks four and five or to take a receiver, correct? Uh, yes. What, what ended up happening was Christian McCaffrey was obviously the number one selection. And then based off the ADP around that range, I thought Leonard Fournette made the most sense. Mm-hmm. So I got the second running back right away. And then I found uh, George Kittle, who has fallen a lot in the NFFC drafts, as that third spot for the tight end. Yeah, Kelsey typically goes a- around the first turn I've seen in a lot, but Kittle is usually available if you're back at number one. But let's backtrack a second here. I want to talk about just the number one overall pick in general. I mean, the industry consensus here is uh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I personally agree with that. I think he's the most dynamic player in fantasy football in terms Same. of usage, opportunity, all of the above. Um there's a little controversy among uh, among our website a little bit. Uh, I, I know Liss likes to. Uh, this is just the way the projections the projections shake out. But Liss likes to put Saquon Barkley at number one if it's a non PPR league. And I mean, definitely uh, McCaffrey's value takes a little bit of a hit if there's no point given for PPR uh, whatsoever. For me, it's still not enough to take Saquon Barkley. But I think for the most part, if you're drafting number two, you can expect to get McCaffrey. Yeah. I would say that's pretty pretty close from what I've seen in the few drafts I've done so far in best balls as well, that McCaffrey goes number one overall. So going back to what the optimal ADP was based off of what I was going with, NFFC 12 team is much different, I would say, than your friends and family home league. The tight ends, for the most part in the NFFC, tend to get devalued. So Kittle and Kelsey more than likely aren't going to be there at the, the turn at the turn for that second third round they might be taken somewhere in the middle or wherever else but the quarterbacks get pushed up there's six points per test, passing touchdown in the nfc in normal standard leagues it's four points per passing touchdown so i kind of in my head was offsetting the the push of the quarterbacks with the devaluing of the tight ends and it still made sense to me just to have kittle in that spot so mm-hmm. a couple takeaways just overall from this before i get some of your thoughts jake mm-hmm. Instead of that second wide receiver, so in this case it was Robert Woods, in that fourth, fifth round, you could choose to go Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, if possible, if any of those guys are available. That would leave a flex spot. Instead of Marquise Brown, he would be your starting number wide receiver two. 
that would give you flex for Debo Samuel or Michael Gallup or Ronald Jones instead. Yeah, exactly. So if you're picking from the one spot, for example, let's say the fourth spot, you're with pick 48. And the fifth spot, you're with pick 49. So one, of course, with the one spot, you get five top 50 players. Excellent here. So at 48-49, what I was at, what, if you look at uh, NFFC ADP from August 1st, the group of guys I'm looking for at that 48-49 turn are DK Metcalf, uh, Raheem Mostert, David Montgomery, Mark Andrews, Devin Singletary, Cortland Sutton like you had there terry mclaurin and dj shark here um me personally i'm trying to find uh calvin ridley in the third round late third round in a lot of leagues late third third or early fourth he's just one of the guys that i really like this year but when you're drafting out of the one spot that's just not something that you can do that i found you know you end up uh if you're even if you're drafting you know in the one through three spot it becomes tough because you're looking at picks at at the at the first turn back 24 25 and at that time the, the group position I was going from was, you know, Lamar Jackson, Kittle, Galladay, Allen Robinson, Fournette is in there as well, Melvin Gordon. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I agree. If you're at the one spot, there's a good chance you're getting Fournette back. Um, there's a lot of guys there, but uh, in my mock, at least the one that I ran out of the one at that 4-5 turn, I ended up taking um, DK Metcalf and Devin Singletary. Okay. Just kind of how, how it went for me. Um, and, and part of it is because I don't have anything crazy against Sutton and Woods. Like the the spots where you have them here are are average, but both of those guys have things that worry me a little bit. So I'm kind of looking at other spots in that tier. Uh, Cortland Sutton, you know, a tremendous athlete, you know, great hands. Uh, I I can see a fourth round pick on him, but the biggest concern there, of course, you're going to have quarterback play. And to me, Robert Woods just isn't very exciting. You know, you got the second receiver on a decent offense. There's a it's a it's it's a it's a safe pick. It's almost a safety pick for me because I don't know he doesn't score a bunch, but he's there. He's gonna get he's gonna get his receptions. He's gonna get his yards. We'll see how good you know the Rams end up being here. But uh, I I might be rolling the dice too much, but I do like to go for more high upside picks there. I don't mind at all. I, or I don't mind your analysis because I'm not a huge fan of Robert Woods either. Now I do understand Brandon Cooks is not going to be there. Todd Gurley as a pass catching threat is not going to be there. And they didn't really replace that with anything. I like Josh Reynolds quite a bit, but he's not a huge, huge conversation point for me. Van Jefferson, I thought was a completely blown pick in the second round for the Rams. That was a, or yeah, that was a horrible selection in my opinion. Yeah. I don't think he's going to do much of anything this year for them. It felt like they're projecting for next year when Cooper cup ends up leaving for a contract or whatever Mm -hmm. else. The Rams just can't continue to sign all their upper echelon talent or you're going to have a situation like last year where their offensive line was bad and they're missing key, pace, key, key, key pieces. So Robert Woods has to be the guy that takes on some of the targets. How many more targets, I think, depends on where you believe Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby to fit in the mm-hmm. offense. I definitely like Higby to go in there and, and take a good chunk of too. those targets. And also, I mean, I see this is a team that's even though Gurley's gone, they're still going to try to run the ball quite a bit. I mean, they they had faith enough to take Cam Akers and that one-two punch with Henderson. Those guys are going to get a lot of the touches, too. I, I, I could predict them being in the top half of run percentage this year. I agree. Robert Woods is not a sexy pick, but as a wide receiver, too, in a PPR league, with the bump and targets that I think he's going to get now that Brandon Cooks is gone— I'm comfortable with it. It's not It's not my favorite, but I'm also not super in love with Leonard Fournette either. The, I mean, he's going to get a lot of work like Leonard Fournette mm-hmm. always tends to do. But we haven't seen a lot of efficiency with that work in past seasons, mm-hmm. and I'm not entirely convinced that Gardner, Gardner Minshew offense is really going to make it that much more effective mm-hmm. for Fournette. So when I was going with this optimal lineup, I really, really, really wanted to make sure I got two running backs in those first three picks because, as we've seen throughout all of our analysis and certainly all the analysis from other Rotowire podcasts, 
the running backs really lose a lot of depth and tier really after round two or three in most leagues. Yeah, the thing with Woods and Fournette is looking at their you know ADP grouping, I guess, on the NFFC. Robert Woods, he sits at 44 if you go since August 1st. Right before him is A.J. Brown. I prefer A.J. Brown. Right after him is D.K. Metcalf. I prefer D.K. Metcalf. And if you go, if you sneak up to 41, maybe you can get lucky and end up with Calvin Ridley. In terms of Fournette, you get a very similar situation. He's 30 in ADP, uh, but right ahead of him is James Conner, who I like a little bit better. Uh, and right behind him in terms of running backs, you know, at 33, J- Jonathan Taylor, man, I can't pass that up. So, yeah. so, uh, so while, so while this is, uh, these are, I mean, these are just the guys that you're going to have to look at at each spot in here and make decisions from those tiers. But, uh, overall, I, I mean, of course, you know, it should go without saying that the top four picks are, are definitely a, a preferable tier to be in. Yeah. And I, I want to just, kind of discuss what would happen if you did that. So instead of Chris McCaffrey, let's say you got the third pick, and I assume Saquon Barkley goes number two. If you got the third pick, you're probably going Zeke. At least that's what I yep. was going with. And and based off the ADP of other people out there, yeah. Zeke is number three. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a couple people jump up and take Kamara there, but I think the news from this week or this morning really is going to, uh, or yesterday morning, I guess, is going to uh, maybe bump him down and solidify him in that fourth spot. Um, and number, if you want to really roll the dice, I've yeah, again, I mentioned Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. His minimum pick is number three. No one's ever going to take him over Saquon and Christian McCaffrey. Right. But, but you might see people sneak up there. Um, um, and there might be, of course, someone might be committed still to the running back, uh, punt running backs, no running back strategy. Right. I really don't think the zero RB strategy plays in 2020. People, there are going to be people that uh, have had success with it in the past, but it's one of those conceptual questions that you have to think about it from year to year. And I, I maybe it's just because I love that third through fifth round wide receiver tier, and I don't like that running back tier in that same ADP area. Uh, this is one where I'm kind of going back to the roots, back to tradition, and making sure. In most mocks, most of these mocks I've done, except for ones where maybe I've snuck in, I took Lamar Jackson in one, I took Kelsey in one. In almost every mock I've done so far, uh, two of the three top picks have been running backs just because I want to snag that tier, and then I'll wait for the flyer guys later on. I just want to establish my foundation. Yeah, uh, that's fair. So Zeke at three, mm-hmm. higher tier running back below Saquon and Christian McCaffrey, but not by much in my mm-hmm. opinion. That's kind of where I'm liking out of this group because you have the best chance at a Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, Tyreek Hill falling to the, your spot. So right, mm-hmm. if you are picking very number one overall, it's highly unlikely those guys are going to make it. Even at number three, it's highly unlikely it's going to happen. But you have the best chance relative to the top talent you're getting with a third pick. The fourth pick, whether it be Kamara, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, Delvin Cook, Derek Henry, Michael Thomas, that's your best spot. And yeah. I think those that range of talent, I like all those guys enough. And if it means I have a better chance at getting Julio Jones, Godwin, Tyreek Hill – Give me that every time. And I really do think it's possible that one of those guys slips to that point, especially with what we've seen with the rising and falling of certain running backs out there. Clyde Wurtzler is perfect. Mm-hmm. There's someone that just pushes up to that pushes those stud wide receivers just one more pick down. Yeah, if you're picking fourth and want to go kind of with the safety pick, you're definitely taking one of the Saints or or Delvin Cook, uh, you know, depending on your level of confidence. I assume that they're going to get that contract situation sorted out. I feel like Melvin Gordon last year was the exception and not necessarily the norm here. They're going to have to figure this out one way or another. So I don't uh, generally – maybe this is conservative, but I'm not putting – Edwards Hilaire in that tier quite yet. Um, but number four, I think for me, even with the news, is is going to be Kamara. I, I would agree with you. So my biggest takeaway from that one to four range, you're going to get one of the best players in fantasy. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. But you're left either having to create a run or plan ahead for a run. Like you mentioned with the DK Metcalfs or anything else, you have to go ahead and make that selection earlier maybe than their ADP might go ahead and realize. 
or you have to hope that a run works out perfectly in your favor. It's not great. And if you are a veteran or have planned plenty of times when it comes to drafting, you should be able to maneuver with those punches, mm-hmm. but it's difficult. So it's not an obvious selection getting those top four because you're looking at potentially having to start a run or mm-hmm. adjust to a run when you might not have been preparing to do so. Yeah, one thing you can do from uh, the number four spot, which makes it pretty advantageous, is is your number two pick is uh, is the 21st overall pick. And uh, you can absolutely, I mean, there's a, there's a slight chance that Kelsey gets there. Uh, and there's an even better chance that Kittle gets there at that 21st overall pick. And then what happens is you make uh, people one through three Maybe the heat turns up a little bit. Maybe they think they need to take a tight end. Maybe one of them might reach reach for Ertz. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of things can happen there. So uh, again, I agree with your point, and maybe kind of trying to create that run. Okay, uh, are you good? Is there anything else from the one to four range that you want to touch on yet? No, that, that's that's uh, that, that's pretty much it. What I've got for number one to four. I did do a recent mock at number five, so we can just uh, go ahead and move on there. All right. So the next range, that five to eight range. Again, I'll read through what I thought was the optimal lineup from those selections based off of the NFFC ADP. You, of course, did a bit more of an updated one, and you are doing a few more mock drafts, so we can kind of bounce each other off. But mm-hmm. at quarterback, we have Deshaun Watson. At yeah. running back, we have Delvin Cook and Marlon Mack. At wide receiver, Tyreek Hill, Allen Robinson. At tight end, we have Zach Ertz. And in the flex spot, we have A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually ended up with something uh, relatively similar to that. At least uh, Deshaun Watson ended up being an auto pick I took uh, afterwards, and and I'm absolutely very cool with that. Um, in the recent mock I did, I thought, hmm, what's going to happen if I go Edwards Alaire at number at number five? And I actually liked it, except the problem is, is that coming back, Kelsey fell into my lap, and then oh, I ended up okay. I ended up with that Chief stack, which you know, in the end, I'm okay with. Uh, so, so number one, so at the five spot, you're looking at maybe Edwards Hilaire. Otherwise, it's kind of like we talked about Michael Thomas, Delvin Cook, Derrick Henry. For those reasons, I, I mean, Michael Thomas is pretty much the safest thing in terms of receivers, I think, just because of the volume, the short passes he's going to get, especially if you're looking at a PPR format. So I could do, I could, I would be willing to bet just about anything he finishes top 10 in wide receivers this year, but there's a, I wish I could give this guy proper credit, but there was a Reddit thread where out of the top 10 ADP wide receivers last year, only like three or four of them ended up finishing top 10 in scoring here. So that, again, that kind of goes back to my uh, to my situation of, of running backs being valued here. So again, Michael Thomas an option, but really looking at Edwards Hilaire, Delvin Cook if he stays, or maybe even you said five to eight here at the end there, Derrick Henry slights, starts to come into play there. Yeah. Uh, yep. I mean, that's 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 kind of the point. We'll discuss Henry a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, with that last year as well. For me, the pivot point for this this range of drafting end up being the fourth round. Delvin Cook or Clyward Hilaire, or Michael Thomas doesn't really matter. That that first spot made sense. Like you, all those guys generally go in that range. Whoever you like is more of a personal preference to me than somebody I have to overreach for. The second round saw Tyreek Hill fall with his ADP. That seems to be what I've seen, especially if you are picking, let's say six or seven. It's entirely possible mm-hmm. Hill makes that point. Give me that every single time. And then I was able to get Allen Robinson in the third round with this group. That's about as mm-hmm. no brainer for me as well. That fourth round was where it became tough. I, like you, mm-hmm. love A.J. Brown. I cannot pass up A.J. Brown. If if I drafted three receivers in the first three rounds, I'd have to take A.J. Brown with fourth mm-hmm. one because I just love him that much. But Devin Singletary, David Johnson, DeAndre Swift were all running backs around that range that mm-hmm. you could take as well in that fourth round. And I think in hindsight, I would have probably rather went with a David Johnson, Devin Singletary, who yep. I don't really like all that much. But the depth at wide receiver is so great that if you're trying to fill that last flex spot – 
you can find that with yeah. the Marquise Browns or anything else like that. Whereas Marlon Mack, I don't like him at all, especially with Jonathan Taylor around. That's mm-hmm. going to be hard. And, and Mack ended up being my very last selection of this group, just trying to fill that running yeah. back hole. It's and tough. Mack is a big one where uh, using filtering your ADP data comes into play, right? Because if you do ADP from August 1st onwards, Mack's all the way down at 83. So okay. he, wouldn't even, he wouldn't even be in the conversation here. So, okay. um, what, Well, he ended up being like 75, I think. So it was mm-hmm. maybe eight picks off. I, oh, you, I, I guess, yeah. Yeah, you because, weren't selecting Mac more than likely anyway, but it was just a running back to fill that hole that I was looking for. Yeah, what I like about the fifth spot is uh, I mentioned that wide receiver tier. You mentioned the depth here. I think the quality wide receivers you can get in four or five or even three if you wanted to um, are excellent. So I started my my particular draft: Edwards, Hilaire, Kelsey, and then I and then I ended up getting Leonard Fournette there in the third round. Hmm. So when I came to my pick at forty four overall in the fourth round. I got a real, I got a really nice look between. Uh, I hadn't taken a receiver yet. I could pick between DK Metcalf, Cooper Cup, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, um, DJ Shark, which is a, a decent group and largely the same group uh, coming back at pick fifty three. So after starting that draft, I ended up going Metcalf at forty four overall um, and Keenan Allen at fifty three overall. Though he's definitely continues to be losing steam. I think people are just deathly afraid of uh, Tyrod Taylor there, which is understandable enough. But with the fifth round pick, um, you know, I mean, Keenan Allen is a guy that was has been going in the second and third round for years. I'm not sure the quarterback drop-off uh, really warrants three rounds in ADP, but I'm going to go ahead and take advantage of that and uh, let people uh, go ahead and sleep on Keenan Allen again. Um, but yeah, so uh, so overall, I love this uh, tier of wide receivers, and you might even get lucky enough to have Calvin Ridley slip to you at 44. I think with that pick 29... You probably better go and grab a running back just in case, or maybe that would be a spot for Lamar Jackson in the third round. You could you could talk yourself into that. I, I couldn't blame you for sure, but uh, I, I would go running back um, and then either top wide receiver coming back, running back again, and then it's receiver, receiver. I think if I was picking, and, and knowing the day that I had again, if this is the NFFC before I adjusted for it, so it could be a little bit different. But instead of going with Tyreek Hill in the second round, taking Josh Jacobs mm-hmm. in the second round, this kind of goes back to what you were saying with the wide receivers available. I get those two guys, Delvin Cook and Josh Jacobs, or Derek Henry and Josh Jacobs, Clyde Hilaire, but it doesn't really matter. I get those two running backs, and then I can figure out receiver. I know I'm guaranteed to get a guy I like in that third round and probably guaranteed to get one in the fourth round, too, based off the guys you mentioned. So going with that second running back selection in the second round, it's interesting. Like My biggest takeaway from this range was – if you feel comfortable finding the running back from the waiver wire or something like that, you can make a hell of a good roster mm-hmm. with a few of these guys and even depth-wise to a wide receiver. Yeah. But if you pivot in the second round and go ahead and get that running back that falls, and mm-hmm. it might not be Jacobs, it could be Aaron Jones, it could be Nick Chubb, who I'd love to see get to that point. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If you take that second running back, you're still afforded a lot of different wide receiver yeah. options and really not losing much at tight end or quarterback. Yeah. We can absolutely agree on that, that if, if out of the fifth pick, you need to be taking two of your first three running backs because if you let it get to the fourth round, and you haven't taken RB2 yet, you're looking at, uh, let's see here, what's the list? Raheem Mostert, David Montgomery, Devin Singletary, who I actually don't mind. Uh, he's probably my favorite out of the group. And, and Mark Ingram, Kareem Hunt, um, all these guys, DeAndre Swift even, all these guys carry risk in the form of uh, much more competition here too. So uh, it becomes difficult. I much prefer the receivers that are at this spot on the list. Right now through the the two ranges, it's pretty clear that this 5 through 8 range is the best, right? Like I would rather have this than that 1 through 4. Don't you? I would disagree a little bit because okay. I like having uh, 
you know, there is a drop off in tier on coming back, but uh, you know, the 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 marginal difference between pick one and pick ten is uh, a lot greater than you know pick. Uh, what, what do we have here? Um, oh, I'm gonna look at my math here. Then pick twenty one versus uh, versus pick uh, twenty four, even you know, or, okay. or eighteen versus twenty four. So Maybe- I, I like the top ones a little bit better in terms of the quality of players you're going to get, but. Uh, you know, I don't want to spoil the end. So. Well, maybe I'm just thinking of it's. I'm thinking of too top heavy, but the one through four range, I don't think is much of a drop off from five through eight. But I do think those next ten picks in that five to eight range in the second round, I think there is a substantial drop off there mm-hmm. at the back end of the first round that that one through three range in the second round spot. So yeah. it'll be interesting, um, and certainly again as we keep talking about this, think about what your personal preference is for how you like to build drafts, and of course do your best ball leagues out there to try and figure out what works best for your ADP. I want to get to our 9 through 12 uh, spot to kind of round out this portion of the podcast. But first, a word from our sponsors, AutoNew. AutoNew's fantasy football lets you build your fantasy football dynasty like a real GM. It's better fantasy football, auction-based, deep rosters, and you can select college player prospects. Stash the next rookie of the year while he's still tearing it up on Saturdays like Jonathan Taylor before. Trade for superstars to make a championship push. Develop a team over multiple years. Play against the best fantasy football competition on the internet. Visit AutoNew. O-T-T-O-N-E-U dot com today. Those are some of my favorite dynasty leagues. We actually have two going right on right now in RotoWire that are going to be drafting in the ensuing weeks. And hey, who knows? It might be something we talk about in a future podcast. We'll have to see. Yeah, possibly. All right. So the optimal ADP in that 9 to 12 range, I'll be honest, Jake, I cheated. I put together two lineups because you and I both love Lamar Jackson too much to not discuss him at least a little bit mm-hmm. in these ranges. So I made a Lamar Jackson one, and then I made a non-Lamar Jackson lineup. So let's talk mm-hmm. about the Lamar Jackson one first. I have Lamar at quarterback, obviously. Aaron Jones, running back. James Conner, running back. DJ Moore is my first receiver. Terry McLaurin's my second. Tyler Higby's the tight end, and Devontae Parker is the flex. In this case, Aaron Jones is my first selection. In the second round, I took Lamar Jackson, where he was going with his NFFC ADP. Again, in your leagues, it might be different with that four points per scoring touchdown instead of six, but I just was going off of, again, trying to be similar when we're trying to compare. Mm-hmm. And then DJ Moore was my third round selection, ended up being my very first receiver. I don't really love DJ Moore, but I had to go off the ADP from what I thought, mm-hmm. and Terry McLaurin became four. So it was James Conner with the fifth, the fourth, right around that range, and Higby and Devontae Parker were the final two picks. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fair to have uh, some question about DJ Moore given, uh, you know, Robbie Anderson's there. How can Curtis Samuel cut in? How many targets does Christian McCaffrey eat up? But I think just with him, with the talent you're getting, the uh, the drop off from you know Cam Newton or or who ha- whoever have you at quarterback to Teddy Bridgewater is is built into the ADP a little bit. And I think if you go uh, with the recent data, um, Moore is up even. Uh, you know he's at 35 ADP, so pretty much a third round pick, and you know I can live with that. Yeah, I, I mean I don't want I wouldn't take him there, but I was trying to really be a slave to the ADP and just following its direct orders. Mm-hmm. So that was the that was the Lamar lineup. The non Lamar lineup I think I like better, and this is going to be blasphemy considering the name Kenyon Drake is involved in this lineup, and listeners know how much I despise him. But we have quarterback Russell Wilson. In this non-Lamar lineup, then we have Kenyon Drake and Nick Chubb. They were going to be both the one and two picks. I'm assuming I'm picking back probably 10 or 11 and then getting both of those guys. DJ Moore still stays at the wide receiver in this, and Terry McLaurin still stays at the wide receiver. Then you have Tyler Higby and James Conner as the flex. So Conner, instead of Devontae Parker, Higby remains the same. Yeah, I I definitely, I mean, 
you know me as much as anyone. I'm going to go with the not taking a quarterback situation, even though as much as I love Lamar Jackson, it just I, I don't see myself owning him. It's sad because he's really fun to own. He's, a, he's oh, one yeah. of my favorite players to watch. But I just how my draft strategy stays up, I'm going to stick to my principles and probably not own him. He'd have to fall, you know, deep into the second round probably for me to really scoop him up and find value there. But uh, yeah, overall, I like the uh, Lamar, the non-Lamar lineup because you know Drake, Chubb, and Connor. Um, is far superior to Jones, Connor, and Parker, especially uh, with the running back security you get in, in this type of thing. So if one of your guys goes down, you're still set with a, with a good running back, and you're also maybe forcing a run on running backs if uh, if you load up like that. The the biggest part that I wanted to focus on from this range, if you are picking nine to twelve, and you are either choosing to select that that range or entering the draft knowing this is where I'm going to pick, when you want to take Lamar Jackson is going to be a critical piece and an answer that you need to have in your head when the draft happens. Like mm-hmm. Before it happens, you need to know what's gonna, where you want to go ahead with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Uh, this was way back in May already, but RotoWire, when they were planning to do their magazine draft, we had both a PPR and a, and a standard league. I was participating in the standard league. I actually got to pick number, I think it was seven, and I really ended up liking my roster. I was able to basically – uh, work with whatever slide was going, whether it be receiver, running back, tight end. I felt like I got a pretty good. And of course, you can see that in the RotoWire magazine. Should you get one uh, as a subscriber? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Eric Terry, who is one of our NFL editors here, a really smart mind, kicks my ass every year in Stake League, took Patrick Mahomes in the back end of the first round in a standard league. That felt aggressively high to me. And lo and behold, once we saw the art of the magazine come out, most of my league mates seem to agree that that was a pretty high pick, but mm-hmm. making sure you understand what you want to do at quarterback is something you have to know if you are picking the back end of the first round, whether it be Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. And, and going in with the understanding, you don't, you definitely don't want to decide on a whim that you want Lamar Jackson there. You know, you have to be prepared uh, for each of the round setups after that and uh, who you might possibly be looking at. Uh, and, Man, I think you have to go running back, running back, or running back receiver here. Um, I don't see much of a case for uh, for Hill or I'm sorry, Kelsey or Kittle this early, especially at, at the turn or at any of those first picks. Maybe coming back, you can get into it, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think I could take a quarterback here. Just uh, as much as I like those guys, as fun as they are, uh, of course, this all changes when you get into the two quarterback and super flex and all that stuff. But uh, I don't think in any of the drafts that I've done from eight through twelve, even. I had even really seriously considered a quarterback too much there. Yeah, it's funny. When we did our Dynasty League, I did select Kittle in the second round. But Dynasty is different than mm-hmm. just a standard league whatsoever. And and while I would be okay with taking Kittle in the second round, I think you're passing up a lot of different running back talent that mm-hmm. maybe it's questionable. Maybe you don't feel yeah. good about Nick Chubb or Kenyon Drake or Aaron Jones. But I think you have to take it over a David Montgomery or mm-hmm. uh, even though I'm okay with David Johnson, like there's a lot of yeah. question marks with him. If you're going Kittle in the second, you've got to hope that one of your running backs that you actually like is going to make it back. It's, to it's, it's tough. It's, it's really tough to plan. Of all the different spots, this 9 to 12 range, if you know you're selecting in it, please go do a best ball draft. And if mm-hmm. you have to, if it's the only thing you could do a day before the draft, fine, do a mock draft. But you need to do a best ball to understand what's going to be available to you. Mm-hmm. I thought there's there's a lot more fluidity at this spot, and you in that nine to twelve range dictate 
every other way the draft is going to go. You basically are going to control it. So what do you want to happen and how are you going to make that happen mm-hmm. are, huge, are, yeah. are two huge questions you need to have answered. And the other thing that you need to decide also going into the draft is you need to have you need to firm up your opinion on uh, two players. One's Derrick Henry and one's Miles Sanders. Mm. Because if you want to get the – you're not going to get that top tier of running backs. You'd be incredibly lucky for someone like Delvin Cook or Clyde Edwards-Alaire to fall to you. Um, chances are you're looking taking a hard look at Joe Mixon in this range most likely because you want to get him coming back in the second probably. Actually, NFFC ADP on Joe Mixon since August 1st has him all the way up at number 10. So if you're – this is another thing that I saw in a lot of draft rooms. He was down at 18, 20 in that range. Um, you can definitely get an, a leg up on your league mates there. But, uh, but yeah, so you have to make your decisions on Derrick Henry, Miles Sanders, and Joe Mixon for sure. Those are three players. Read our outlook on Rotowire, decide what you agree with, and if they're going to live up to that ADP or not. Doing this exercise overall, and again, we'll, we're going to put all the lineups out there for you to look at uh, on Twitter when I link this podcast out. We'll also have the, the You're images. You're do a poll, right? Yeah, I'm going to do a poll. I want you guys to weigh in and, and which one works best for you. Hopefully, I can just link this podcast to the next person that asks, what draft spot should I could select? And you can go ahead and listen to this 45-plus-minute podcast and figure it out because there's a lot of nuance to it. There is no right or wrong answer as much as I would love there to be. What your strategy is entering the draft, how comfortable you feel with running backs, and do you want to wait on wide receivers or have the, the higher ceiling guys like A.J. Brown, Cortland Sutton? Those are all questions that you're going to have to have answered either while the draft is going on, hopefully not that one, or preferably – before the draft. And I, I think this should have presented at least enough of the options through the first seven or eight rounds that you can have an idea. If you don't want to put the legwork yep. in and, and do the 35 mock drafts that Jake did, <laughs> you at least can listen to this podcast and know, okay, here's generally what I could be looking at. Can we talk about dream turn at the 12 spot? Yes. Yes, yes absolutely. That, that's a fun topic because a lot of people, uh, you know, when I was looking out there to see just like, you know, general posting message board, everyone loves the 12 spot. Everyone loves the turn. Um, so the dream turn for me is going to be a mix in Devonte Adams or a mix in Tyree kill. I think is the way I go with that. There's maybe a slight chance. Miles Sanders falls back to that, but, uh, you know, ho- I'd be hoping at the 12th spot for a mix in, uh, Tyree kill or mix in Devonte Adams would be the, I think mix in Adams is the dream scenario, but I'll settle for Hill as the wide receiver, get those two, uh, wide receiver running one and running back one. So up. my, my dream turn at 11, uh, 12, I should say, is going to be completely different than everyone else's, and that's okay. Um, I, I think I'm probably reaching in this case, but I'm taking Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb 12 every time. I, mm-hmm. I understand where some people are skeptical of what Kareem Hunt's value is going to be in this offense. Yes, he caught way more passes once he was eligible to play last year, and Nick Chubb wasn't on the field as much. You watch the Browns play. Nick Chubb was as much of a factor snap-wise as Kareem Hunt was. Just because he wasn't getting the ball wasn't mean he wasn't out there. And I think the offensive line finally looks better in Cleveland, where if there are running opportunities, and I sure hope there will be, and if that team can move the ball, which I think it should. I, I still believe Baker Mayfield's a talented player. I like Odell Beckham. Jarvis Landry was taken off the pup list, which was surprising. I, I was under the inf- – or at least I was following the information along, assuming mm-hmm. he's not playing week one. He's off the pup list, so maybe it's possible he's available for the Browns to start the season. All that factors into the Browns' offense being better, and if for no other reason, Freddie Kitchens isn't there. 
Yeah. And that makes a huge difference for me too. Mm-hmm. The other thing I love about 12 is your second turn. Even if you were, you could go running back, running back at that first turn, go Mixon and Chubb. I mean, mm-hmm. Chubb at 13 is right where, Chubb is 13 in ADP right now since August 1st. So that is perfectly understandable. You could go uh, Mixon Chubb because then coming back at the next turn at 36 and 37, the receivers I love, I mean, they're so juicy. You can go traditional kind of names that you, that you see up there. DJ Moore, Juju, Cooper Cup, um, Amari Cooper might get that back there, Adam Thielen. Um, you know, or you could go, go with your upside guys that I love. You could go Ridley and DK right there, 36, 37. It'd be a little bit of a stretch on Ridley and DK, but you, you know maybe Metcalf gets back, but Ridley definitely shouldn't be getting back to you. So uh, because of the receivers available at 4-5, that's the only reason you can maybe think of doing something a little different with the turn or going RBRB. In a PPR league, I'm I'm going Juju Smith-Schuster and Kelvin Ridley right there and not blinking. I think that that makes complete sense, especially if I drafted running back, running back overall. It, well, I want to double back. One one more question for you, Jake. Is there a range that you ended up liking more? Is it 12 like what we've been discussing, or is there a different spot that you felt you liked the most? So for as much as I uh, I said 12 here, um, it's not – it's not my favorite pick. And, you know, the common public answer is going to be uh, you either want the first pick or the last right, pick. That's, yeah. a, that's the real common one here. But, you know, in conclusion, as I look through this, you know, I've seen people try to do stat and metric and tiers and all this kind of stuff. It pretty much goes straight down the line for me. It's not <laughs> It's not difficult here. Uh, in, in the first two rounds, like I said before, there's a much bigger gap between number one and number 10 than number 11 and number 20. So th- that's the big thing. And, and that same effect goes throughout the entirety of the draft. You know, picks number one and picks number two are the only picks in the whole draft where you get four top 50 players. And, uh, of course, things are going to change based on, you know, the level of preparation that your league entails. But I really think it does go right down the line. Uh, The earlier is the better, statistically, even if it means tougher decisions at certain picks. Now, um, anything else beyond that? If you you say you prefer 12 to 7 or or 9 to 7 or what have you, it's about convenience. It's not about the statistically... uh, a superior pick is number eleven <laughs> over number seven. I mean, come on, that that's just not going to happen no. here. So, um, <laughs> I mean, if you're, did you watch that Netflix movie with the uh, the, the elevator that was going down? You know, you want to be on the eleventh floor or the seventh floor from the top before the eleventh floor from the top. Definitely, I have no idea what movie oh, you're talking man. about. I'm so it, sorry. It, I think it's called the Platform. Anyway, I feel like I've watched every Netflix movie there is, so I'm ashamed that I can't participate in this conversation as well. It, it's a horrific prison experiment thing. Uh, oh. Anyway, check it out. But you, but you want to be. <laughs> 7th from the top or 411th from the top and I think the same applies in fantasy football. Any other argument you can't make is to, to me I'd like to see different if someone sees this get at me on Twitter and point out differently but I'd like to see a statistical argument why pick number 11 is better than pick number 7 in, right. in some kind of case cuz I'm really not buying it. It's only about convenience and personal preference when you get down to that point. So for me um you could say you prefer pick 12 to pick number 9 or pick 12 to pick number 7 whatever But it's really only about convenience here because there is some value, I think, depending on the type of drafter you are. I don't know if I'm five and a half beers deep by the time (laughs) I'm I'm taking my first turn here at number 12. I would much rather have my two picks back to back (laughs) than have to be on my toes the whole time and and making a pick, you know, every 10 picks both ways. I, you know, make my picks and then I can kind of, you know, let the next 12 guys I'm never going to get anyway off the board and then start to line up my guys at 12 knowing I have two picks. I think there's an inherent advantage in that, but it doesn't but it's about convenience. It's not because you're going to get better players. So put it right down the line. You could say that there's really no difference between picks one through three. I think there's a marginal difference, but, uh, but, but, but not that much. You're going to get one of the top safer players regardless. So so I understand what you're saying with the top 50 selections overall. 
to me, that's subjective. Mm-hmm. What you believe is top 50 could be more like top 30. And then there's a drop-off tier for you to not feel comfortable. So great, you have top 50, but what mm-hmm. if you don't like those guys as much as you do top 30? Okay, well, what if the top 70 tier you actually really like more? Mm-hmm. I, I do think there is inherent value in figuring out which range you like. And again, it's all based off the of best balls and practice that you're doing. I have changed it. It feels like every year last year, I was really in on drafting at the back end of the first round. Mm-hmm. I felt that they got a lot of value for what I was going to be able to do uh, in years past when there was the Marshall Falks of the era. Right. And, mm-hmm. and everything else like that, Jamal Charles, I don't know why I wanted, I wanted Larry Johnson. That was the chief running back. I want, uh, it was very clear. You, you want Damian the one more pick. Yeah. You want the number one pick. It's great. Or number two. Yeah. Perfect. I think this year, and maybe it's just cause it's weird. This is the first year that I can remember where I want that five to eight range. I want to be able to capitalize on whatever run is happening throughout the entire draft. I don't want to have to worry about making a strategical choice of taking tight end or wide receiver or whatever else at the back end, thinking they're not going to get back there or hoping the ADP works out the way I think it is. I want to be able to have the flexibility to navigate and move every single time I'm picking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like high pressure first round situations. And if you're in that, <laughs> if you're in that very first tier, it's pretty easy who's going to be who you're going to take. But if you're in five through eight, you could. I mean, you, you're stuck here between uh, you know Delvin Cook with the contract, Derrick Henry with uh, you know is he going to really drop off uh, situation? Uh, it, it's just not pretty. But then the, the decisions to me come easier towards the end. So if I had to rank the tiers, I think I'd probably rank your favorite tier last. <laughs> that's all right. That's Actually, why. No, that's no, no, what no. makes uh, a good podcast. No, you know, I'm going to be. Actually, you know what? I'm going to be consistent. I'll give it number two behind the top tier, and okay. then and, and then put the and then put the nine through twelve last. But again, if you have a convenience, you have to decide what kind of drafter you are. You know, if there's if the convenience for you over over if it trumps the uh, ability of getting better players, then you know that's helpful for some people, and, and I'll take that. But you know, the most important lesson we can learn from having these arguments. I'm glad we were able to take each pick and. Um, and kind of give an idea of what kind of players you're looking at, what kind of players you're probably not going to be able to get in each tier. You know, that was it was a fun exercise here. But leagues aren't going to be won or lost based on what pick you have. That's no. for sure. Leagues are going to no. be won or lost based on who gets their guys in the late rounds that are going to help, I think. And picking up in free agency, which is great because you can tune mm-hmm. into this podcast every Tuesday and have Jake and Joe go ahead and give you the guys that you need to pick up. Uh, to yeah. win your league because that's just as important if not more important than the drafting itself. Yeah. I, I love doing all these abstract and meta concepts here with you, <laughs> but really the bread and butter here uh, is going to be free agency. That's the one that, Jesus oh, is going to be my fifth or sixth year doing the free agency podcast. I, I'd like to think I have a decent handle on there now. We'll at least throw out all the names that are that are worth it for you. Uh, I can't wait till we get some actual football going. And uh, until then, we'll keep getting creative with topics for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And certainly with the lack of information, I think we're going to have to. So maybe it ends up being a bit more here what drafts happen again i have some auto new ones coming i saw the stake league draft date is getting nearer and nearer to being decided there's a lot of different things mm-hmm. that can be discussed in the coming weeks and sure you'll hear it all on the rotoware nfl podcast network if it's not just jake and joe it's gonna be somebody else uh jake we have the nfl magazine i know it's one of your favorite things to discuss about every year we have the nfl magazine in office now and they are being mm-hmm. sent out to people uh do you want to go ahead and give your promotion for that i mean Magazine rules. <laughs> what, it does. What, what else am I gonna What else am I gonna say here? Uh, no, I've uh, I usually put the offer out there every year. Where if you send me a DM on Twitter at Roto Jake uh, with a with a little screenshot of a five star review for the pod, I'll go ahead and chip you a magazine. I still I come into the office once. We're all working from home, but I come into the office once a week to use the studio with Joe, get some FaceTime with another human being here, which rules. Um, <laughs> and when I come in here, I can always grab some mags and put them out in the mail for you. So uh, that is an option that we have. Uh, I'll, I'll happily bribe you a five star. <laughs> 
reviews with Megs. I love it uh, uh, because we want to help the podcast grow. We want to, uh, you know, get as many listeners as possible and, and keep the feedback going, keeping good ideas for good episodes and ultimately helping you guys win fantasy football leagues. So uh, the magazines are out. It's a good snapshot. Obviously, you can go to rotowire.com slash free for a 10-day trial, get all our stuff. If you decide to uh, pull the trigger on an actual subscription here, you can um, you can use our draft software to help with your draft. You know, you get uh, – we. We just put the ability to select your ADP from a whole bunch of different sets this year in draft software, so that's new. A lot of people wanted to get um, new, uh, yeah, just just new data that that, that more closely matches your league. Uh, we'll give you custom rankings or auction values based on your league scoring settings. We will um, allow you to edit projections and then have those edited projections to take factor into the rankings. So if you disagree on a touchdown total or something like that, or want to use largely your own projections, we've got you covered there too. Uh, I truly believe best tools in the business. So uh, come check us out and, uh, you know, get after us on Twitter if you have any questions. Well, there you go. Uh, if you are into bribing Jake, you can go ahead and at rotojake.com or well, not .com. I don't know what you need to do .com. <laughs> what are you at, doing? <laughs> at rotojake on Twitter to go ahead and get the DM for the magazine. Of course, you can, uh, I'll be I'll be glad to participate in the bribe as well. You can uh, send a message to me at, at jbfantasysports uh, and certainly participate, please, in the poll that I'm going to be posting with those rosters. Which range is the best? Which one do you feel most comfortable in? And here are the lineups that you can go with. Uh, that'll be out there, I hope, in the next hour or so. I am not great when it comes to Twitter polls, so this will be an experiment for me. You got this. What you got to do is you got to take a little <laughs> screenshot of the four different teams that you have. And then put it up there like that? And, and then put it up there and then do your poll being one, two, three, or four. I, okay. think that, I think that's the way to do it. All right, there you go. I think I might have just figured it out. Thank you, Jake, for participating along with that. So, yeah, please participate in the poll. Uh, uh, follow us on Twitter, JB Fantasy Sports. Bro, Jake, one more time. Until next week, best of luck drafting. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.